Plague laws, this is not the first time in history that plague laws have been used to centralize control. Control of transportation, control of labor, control of banking and bank accounts, control of all the different kinds of capital that make up human civilization. But the COVID laws are particularly draconian in the history of plague laws because not only do they control labor, transportation, banking, but now with advances in digital technology, we're looking at complete control through the banking system of 100% of all assets, ultimately. So what, what happens here? For many, many years, most of us have grown up in a world in the Western democracies where we have a balance of power between the bankers and the people. The central bankers control monetary policy, and the people vote for an electorate that controls fiscal policy. Now what we're watching with COVID laws all around the world is the central bankers moving in and exercising essentially a coup d'etat, where they take control of fiscal policy as well. And again, with the advances in digital technology, vaccine passports will not be about health. Vaccine passports are part of a financial transaction control grid that will absolutely end human liberty in the West. For many years, I have fought and written against central control of the financial system. We've centralized more and more capital, more and more control. And we've done it with tactics called divide and conquer. And we've all experienced many different divide and conquer tactics, men against women, black against white. But now we have a new one called the vaccinated versus the non-vaccinated. Because if you're going to centralize control of every aspect of people's lives, and literally strip them of their assets and their property rights, you need a new, more venal divide and conquer. And we can't let that happen. You think about this. I got expelled from Instagram because of vaccine misinformation. But Instagram and Facebook cannot point to one single erroneous statement that I ever made. Everything we post is vetted, it is sourced and cited to government databases or peer-reviewed publications. When they use the term vaccine misinformation, they are using it as a euphemism for any statement that departs from official government policies and pharmaceutical industry profit-taking. It has nothing to do whether it's true or false. It only has to do with what the political implications are. And who is doing this censorship? It's government officials in league with Bill Gates, with Larry Ellison, with Mark Zuckerberg, with Sergey Brin from Google, and with all of these internet titans. They're, they have engineered not only the destruction of our democracy and our civil rights, but they have engineered the biggest shift of wealth in human history. $3.8 trillion from working people to these handful of billionaires, many of them from Silicon Valley. This pandemic has impoverished the world and created 500 new billionaires. And those are the people who are strip mining our economies and making themselves rich. And is it a coincidence 
that these are the same people who are censoring criticism of the government policies that are bringing them trillions of dollars. People aren't stupid. We can see what's happening. We can ask the question, qui bono? And the answer is the people who are benefiting are the people who are squeezing away our constitutional rights and engineering the destruction of democracy worldwide. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Saturday, June 11th, 2022. I've got a great show planned for you today. I'm going to try to get this done in an, under, in an hour. I can't promise anything, but it's a lot of important information to try to get out today. And it's an early show today for a lot of different reasons. I'd like to start off, of course, by letting people know just expressing a great loss that I'm experiencing on top of something that I just went through with a very, very dear friend of mine that just passed away, who is a huge supporter of this platform, a huge supporter of everything that you're doing, everything that we're doing, everything the independent media is doing, truly somebody who was doing everything that this person could do to change the world. And I just want to make sure people know that there's a lot of different reasons out there that I do what I do for you for myself, for my family, for those I care about, for people that don't have a voice. But adding to this, it's one more person that I'm going to continue to fight for, doing this for his honor, his memory, and and doing things that will make sure that what he wanted in the world comes to pass. And that's all we're here to do, here to fight for, is to continue doing what we want, to leave a better world for those that come after us. As much as people love to say that, very few out there that are truly doing that. And I swear, every single one of you I see in this chat, I do believe wholeheartedly that you are those people. Now, we have a good show planned for you today. I'm going to try to get this done in under an hour or an hour or so, like I said. But, you know, I, even just now, we'll see if, how, if I can remember that 30 seconds after I say that. But we're going to talk today in general about, first off, a little bit of censorship conversation that ties into exactly what both Catherine and RFK Jr. were saying there in regard to the censorship. More a little bit slanted more so towards what RFK was saying for the opening part about the peer-reviewed science. You hear me say this all the time. The peer-reviewed research, it, again, in his point, saying to government documentation is not to imply that because it's government documentation, therefore makes it the truth. Same thing he would tell you. He's simply saying that that's what they would argue needs to happen. And we're making these points that counter their statements using their documentation, and they still call it misinformation. It's, it's unbelievable, almost as much as we continue to see how obvious and how long this has been going on. But we're going to talk about that and show you what they just censored me on Twitter again on a little timeout, you know, a little social engineering timeout by the Twitter parents over there telling us that you did you did something wrong. Now go think about it in the corner and we'll let you come back when you delete it yourself. And we'll go over that again to show you what they did delete and the information that is peer reviewed. Very interesting. We're going to talk about a couple quick points on foreign policy and something that was accidentally shown by Reuters. Now, this ties into some other foreign policy points that we're going to discuss, including something that I can't believe that I missed in regard to Bolivia. We're also going to talk about January 6th, because obviously this ridiculous puppet show is going on today that we're going to get into. 
but there also is some interesting things to talk about in regard to that and how it's being used against you and where this seems to be going. And as always, something that I that clearly seems to nobody likes except me, the truth in regard to partisan foreign manipulations. I'm kind of being facetious. I know all of you here support the idea of the truth, regardless of the partisan spin on either side of it. But I keep noticing that some of the least popular things we're doing is showing you how these there is actually misinformation being spread by the very people that everyone seems to point at. But that's not what we're doing or a lot of the honest people are doing, but rather that they're partisan manipulations, whether that comes from the government, it comes from people that are lying for their truth. It's important that we fight for the truth, regardless of where that goes. And I'm going to show you and I've been taking to kind of doing these smaller points to show you that a lot of this is happening. Not to, set, to support a government narrative or any narrative for that matter, but just support the truth. And that's what it comes down to. We're also going to talk about COVID-19 for the most of the show today in regard to a couple different points. The, the vaccination angle and the self-spreading vaccines that they're telling you are moving forward. As much as they keep calling it fake news, it's something that's been going on for a long time. And we're not talking zoonautical transfer discussions. That is something that's in this conversation. But they're talking about human-to-human transferring self-spreading vaccines on the surface of this conversation. And it's still called fake news in Twitter. It's, it's, pretty, it's, it's exactly what we're talking about everywhere else. We're going to get into where that's going. We're going to get into, on top of all of that, you've all seen the, what's been going on with people like Justin Bieber, for example, and show you a couple of examples of why you should be able to question those conversations. And why it seems that there's an obvious control over, I mean, when have we ever seen these kind of reports where people, I mean, Justin Bieber is an, a bad example for what I'm about to say, but that's a good discussion for this whole interesting side effects discussion. But most places we're seeing, they don't even tell you what is causing it or what the death was caused by if somebody dies. Undiscussed death, or, or rather what they say is died suddenly and they never give anything else. Now, I'm not suggesting that guarantees that there's an obvious vaccine connection, but it's very, very obvious to even those people that want to argue it was not that, that that's unusual. Why would you cover for that? Even if you want to argue it's going above and beyond to try to get ahead of where they're going to, you know, vaccine anti-vaxxers will misuse the truth. You're still hiding information because of what you think is happening. It's just unbelievable. Well, here, see, as I said that in the beginning, I take 10 minutes to rattle on about my thoughts. Let's jump right into it so we don't waste any more time. Great things to talk about today. Make sure you stay all the way till the end and check all of the show notes out when you're done, as well as always, or I guess new recently as always, make sure you check out all the ways you can support this platform. Very important, whether it's cryptocurrency or direct donations or mailing, in, you know, this is a user-funded platform. We do not exist without you, as well as truthclothing.io, which is something that, uh, I mean, I might I haven't actually shown that. I didn't show it last time, so let's just start with that, because if those that don't know, you can, as I was like, that's weird, of course it doesn't pop right up, you can check out some of our t-shirts from truthclothing.io. If you'd like to support this platform, the question, everything t-shirt, so on here's the homepage. You can go to partners, T-Lab, Last American. Oh, and Slow News Day is on there now, by the way, as well. Question, everything t-shirts, all sorts of different kinds. Important way to support the platform or just directly reaching out. But let's start off today with the censorship because we are under attack in every possible way. Now, this is interesting because you guys just saw this happen. This was I mean, weeks ago, if not less, a week or so ago. So so my account was just locked again for 12 hours, put on a timeout by Twitter again for peer-reviewed research again. And watch the link for yourself, which weirdly is still there now, which is interesting how they selectively edit and, and censor some of these things. 
As always, they make you delete it yourself with their warped paternalistic social engineering, meaning really not parental. But that, that basically means that they decide to restrict your freedoms and your actions based on what they think is best for you. That's what your government does today. That is paternal paternalism. That's what they're doing. But you can see here, just, you know, they give you time out, then make you delete it. There was two different tweets that were about this discussion, and I'll show you that next. Lipid nanoparticle modified gene COVID injection is a nuclear bomb, a direct quote from one of the one of the most highly regarded doctors in this field, who is one of the most highly cited doctors in this field and highly credentialed, which is Peter McCullough, despite the fact that they want to call him a fake news doctor and his whole life has apparently been debunked, despite constantly and without fail, seemingly pointing to peer-reviewed science. Not retracted peer-reviewed science, but current standing peer-reviewed science. But apparently he's a fake news purveyor because they say so, just like RFK was pointing to. But on top of that, this is what I'm going to show you next, and most importantly, which I think this is what they're focusing on, the SIDS-SADS-MISC deception. All of this points to peer-reviewed science. All of it. Every single part of it. Now, you could argue maybe some of my off-the-topic, subjective, conversational points for why they said, but that's never what it is. As I've made clear, and Patreon basically admitted to, many times I've made this clear, it only becomes fake news when you prove what you're saying with peer-reviewed science, or rather, reference what you're saying to peer-reviewed science. Because we're not talking about proof, again, to my earlier point of just because it's there doesn't make it the absolute. But think about that. Think about what that means. Because I can talk about all these things kind of offhandedly and make all kinds of crazy claims. And it doesn't really concern them unless it gets incredible reach until you start pointing to things that other people can look at and go, well, wow, that's obvious. Exactly. And then they delete it because, well, you can't say that. Not that it's not very obvious, but because you're not allowed to say it. Now, here is... Oh, whoops. This was uh, after that. Here is the actual. Make sure I didn't. Yeah, I did mix these up a little bit. Actual article. If you want to read it, check it out for yourself with shocking all the links to all the stuff that you can research and check for yourself. That's what they don't like. Now, interestingly enough, here is the two tweets that were deleted forcefully. But then you can look through and weird. Look at that. Here's the same show. Like literally the next tweet, so they did not see that. Here's another one. This one goes to Rumble. This one goes to Rockfin. It's weird, right? So what did they focus on? Oh, they just didn't like the ones going to my website, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So then again, same point is why would they then allow this one to be posted? It's really just about what's going on. I, I would argue that in this moment is probably being, being immediately starting to reach certain people more than they wanted it to, or somebody important shared it and they didn't want it to get seen by certain, or however you want to look at it, but it's very subjective, isn't it? If it was violating the rules, well, so too is this one and this one and this one. Go ahead, Twitter, take at it, have at it, go after them. But they probably won't, just like last time. It's very strange. My point is simply to show you that there's very selective censorship based on peer-reviewed science. Interesting. Going to get into some of this more in a minute. Now, here's another point that I want to discuss on that censorship factor, and this is even in regard to corporate media. This is the world that we're in right now where this is, this is, I mean, I, I, I think I still have the tweet that I grabbed it from. Yeah. So Jason's pointing this out. He says, silencing your, op your opposition protects our democracy. He's being sarcastic, but this is what they're actually getting into. The idea, and I'll read the tweet for those in the podcast. This is Nan Nandini Jami, Jami. She's a co-founder of Check My Ads headquarters, which is essentially an entire platform that's dedicated to attacking your ad revenue if they don't like what you're saying. Or excuse me, if they think you're spreading fake news, which is the same exact thing in their world. Now, the point is that they're going after your revenue. Now, this is even, this is the people that are involved in the corporate field and there's advertising. You know, that's exactly why I went away from it so long ago in regard to the donation base, because all they can do then is try to scare you away from supporting fake news. 
And you guys know what that means. And you know that that's not what we are. And you know that we're dedicated to objective, actual reporting and journalism. That's why you support us. So they hate that. That's why they're trying to shut us down, because we've found a way to circumvent their censorship and their control over finances. But I'm sure they're working that way, too. My point is, this says five years ago, this person co-founded the campaign to make Breitbart unprofitable. Now, it doesn't matter what you think about Breitbart, what you think about the two-party paradigm, what you think about anybody. The point is that they have a right to say what they feel, think, and whatever, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's accurate. That's called free speech. We all know that if you're out honest with yourself. Regardless of that, they believe because they don't like what they're saying, they can make an entire platform about stopping them from being profitable. They lost 90% of their ad revenues in three months, they say. I can't, I'm not sure if that's even accurate, but that's what they're claiming. Today, we're launching the campaign to take on Fox News. This is, yes, this is June, uh, June 9th. And we know exactly how to get the job done. Why does anybody okay with this? If they were doing it in reverse against CNN, these same people would flip out. They would, call, they would call it a tax on journalism. They would call it unconstitutional. But it's okay in reverse because they've decided Fox is the bad guy. Just like it's all okay to attack Russia because Russia bad guy. It's, an, it's, it's however these people in power or who the authority is, the powers that shouldn't be, are using this stuff. And this is the kind of censorship that's applied broadly. Now, this is why you need to begin to see that it's not sort of like the uh, example that I've used in the past of, of – uh, Status quo, I forget his name all of a sudden, Justin Sheraton or whatever. The point is that he made a big statement in the past about supporting the censorship of people that were anti-vaxxers and then weeks later got censored for something else. That's a good analogy. I'm not trying to hate on him or harp. The point is it was a good example of how the very people promoting censorship can later swing back around and bite you in the butt. Because they don't care what you think they support. You give them the power, just like many people have shown you, they will never give it back. And it only gets worse and worse and worse. So these people, whether they think they're doing the right thing or not, are part of this problem, probably leading the problem. But in any case, the censorship is rampant, and it's not about what's true or accurate. It's about what they're trying to control and what they believe they think is the right thing to do. Or, worst case, and I think that's some of them being manipulated, really comes down to what they think, what they like subjectively feel is the right thing. Or not even the right thing, what they what they think their side is fighting for. I mean, you could go in a million different ways, but we all know this is wrong. Now, to the main point in regard to why this was just censored, the idea of sudden adult death syndrome or multi-inflammatory, multiple system inflammatory syndrome for children, MISC. Oh, that's what that was. That was anyway, I'm remembering it was MIS, so it's inflammatory systems, multi-system inflammatory syndrome. That's the S at the end. For those that saw the previous show, I was confusing myself before, but here is a recent study, this in fact, from the CDC, where somebody just shared with me, two cases of MISC after laboratory confirmed SARS-CoV-2 breakthrough infections in fully vaccinated adolescent patients. Here's what it says in the conclusion. Only a few studies have investigated the effects of COVID-19 vaccination on MISC, as if the immediate assumption is that this is affecting MISC, not rat, not like ignoring for the, for the moment what the data actually points to, which is that there's a large connection between the injection causing this or having an effect on it, not whether or not it stops it from happening. It says, for instance, a U.S. review reported MISC onset, beginning of it, in an, on, in an average time of five days from the second vaccine dose. So if it's 71% of patients with evidence of SARS-CoV-2 breakthrough infection. So what they're basically saying without leaning into the idea that, well, it's because they had a breakthrough infection 
that then caused the MISC and the vaccine didn't stop it. How about the obvious potential here for the fact that the injection is the one causing the breakthrough infection as well as the MISC? And they just ignore the fact that assuming that the, I'm assuming this is even COVID-19. The point is they took an injection and then all of this happened. You see how easy that is to see? And you can stand back and argue, well, maybe that was because of some infection that was just starting and it didn't stop it. And then that caused this. And that's certainly possible. But the Occam's razor, all things considered equal, the simplest explanation tends to be the correct one. How about the really obvious example here that they got this thing and then everything happened after that? This is what frustrates me about how simple, and I'm not saying I know for sure, they certainly are trying to, we're being objective. And an honest investigator would be like, well, that's the first thing you should look at when 71% of patients ended up having this after they were told, or after an injection, and then were told that those were breakthrough cases. Now, it says in 21 patients, MISC after COVID vaccination, 14% and 38% needed mechanical ventilation. Now, based on their, and this is the last part, on their Brighton's collaboration MISC case definitions, the authors identified definitive MISC diagnosis, which, by the way, I don't even know what that necessarily means, because MISC, you could talk about things, uh, what was it, the... um, I'm now blanking all of a sudden here on the terminology for uh, Kawasaki disease. That's what it was. There's there's an example of this happening long before COVID-19. They just called it something else. In my opinion, they haven't even proven this is associated or rather tied directly to COVID-19, if that's even what we're talking about. All they can say right now is there's an association, which doesn't mean they've proven that. And yet they're running right over the top of that and acting like we know now that MISC is caused by COVID. They've never proven that. And the, the science has been there. I've been talking about this since the beginning. But it's saying, although MISC was pro- was probable in the second patient, more symptoms indicated acute COVID-19 with hyperinflammation. To conclude, both cases described in the current study did not meet COVID-19 vaccine-associated MIS based on Brighton criteria. So what they're just saying is, well, based on our criteria or Brighton's criteria, that they're not associated with the vaccine. But that doesn't seem to be what the, the, in, the data has been showing over this time process, including what they're pointing at. Here's their study, and again, from the CDC itself. Saying another U.S. review reported mechanical ventilation use in 14, we just talked about this, 38, 21 patients, 52% had received only one and two doses. The median time from second dose to MISC onset was five days, shorter than expected to reach full vaccine efficacy. So sort of the same idea, guys, is that we're talking about this kind of site, this loophole, acting like if it happens within the first 21-day period, that it's not the vaccine, that it it was already happening from before, but that's completely invalid. And we've shown this over and over and over, and plenty of highly regarded doctors and scientists have made that case. It says, although those findings could suggest vaccine-associated MIS, 71% of patients showed evidence of breakthrough cases. But this is my point. Is it not possible the injection literally caused that, which is what we're seeing in almost every case we look at, including from the UK and Scotland and Ontario and New South Wales and all the cases we can see? But nope. They simply just jump right over it and say, well, because we know that doesn't happen, this has to be this. But we don't know that's that we don't know these things. These are assumptions based on narrative. Now, here is the main page they have here, and you can even still see it just simply says associated with COVID-19. Well, there's a lot of things associated with COVID-19, such as a cough or a sore throat or headaches or whatever else they say. You know what else is associated with that? Literally everything. Cold, high, flu, everything. So you see associated doesn't mean what they want you to think it means. It simply means that it is associated with it. It could be an association there. It could be caused by this, but they haven't proved it. Now, I wasn't able to find the old archive of this. I've shown you this many times in the past. But remember what it said here before. 
It said that we didn't know for sure. We haven't proven this. And they still haven't. They just altered the terminology, altered the words, which is what they tend to do. Change definitions, alter things, and make it look like they want you to see it. Now, also on top of that, don't forget we just talked about the Fogan effect, a peer-reviewed massive study in the entire state of Kansas in regard to masks, where they also added to this point and said another salient point is that COVID-19-related long-term effects, and specifically they name multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. That's literally MISC may all be a direct cause of the Fogan effect, meaning the masks are creating a, a, a systemic inflammation in your body. That's a verifiable potential case. We've already talked about this. And it says that the, the mask being on, the, on your face all day long can cause this problem. Virus entry into the alveola with, and blood without being restricted to the upper respiratory tract and bronchi can cause damage by irritating an autoimmune reaction in most organs. So wearing that thing all day long is increasing, as this study is finding, as you'll see right here, your risk in general. The study revealed that wearing face masks might impose a great risk on individuals, which would not be mitigated by a reduction in the infection rate or just going right to the main thing at the top, which makes it more clear. Mask mandates had significantly higher case fatality rates than counties without mask mandates, counties with them. Pretty hard to miss that. It also says that wearing N95s, in fact, increases this risk, but you know, whatever, <laughs> who cares about the facts? But overall, guys, the point is that this is all the stuff I talked about in this discussion about these things, both the first part of it and the SIDS part of it, were all peer-reviewed science and government documentation. But nonetheless, they censored it anyway, which is exactly what his point was. On top of that, we'll get to this again later in the show, marathon U.S. hearings to decide fate of COVID shots or tots for little babies. Yes, that's happening, despite everything we're getting into and what we're going to get into next. Doesn't matter, though. Because the facts and the science are secondary to their narrative. Now, before we get back into COVID, I want to go over a couple foreign policy points. Now, this is interesting to me because this is from Reuters. And these are the images somebody took and sent to me. And I'll show you the actual, actual page. But as you can see, it's this local resident inspects a damaged van following a military strike amid Russia's attack on Ukraine at a residential area in Kharkiv. Now, my point here is not to suggest that everybody in Ukraine is a Nazi. Or anything ridiculous like that, because I don't believe that. I think there's uh, most people in Ukraine are not what they are being framed as, or rather, I shouldn't say framed as, because that's not what they want you to think. But the bottom line is, actually, no, I take that back. Because remember, before February 25th, they were aggressively trying to frame everybody like that, saying, oh, they're overtaking everywhere. You know, Azov's movement is international, and suddenly they went away and didn't exist anymore, ever. <laughs> because they got caught, because I think we exposed that. But my point is that it's just like in anywhere else you would point out, there's an agenda, there's narrative, and then there's the reality. And we see that there's a lot of average people in Ukraine, you know, a lot of people in Donbass, for example, or other places in Ukraine that don't believe in this government. They know it's a U.S. puppet. They know the Azov movement is dangerous. And nonetheless, it has still influenced a lot of people. And people have come there because of that. So here's the point. This is this local resident just there to inspect the van, being a good Samaritan to check out how bad by Russia hurt people, right? Check out his tattoo on his arm. That isn't, that is a Nazi swastika. No missing that. It's pretty obvious. And here is the Gazette talking about the same thing. Russia attack on Ukraine country continues. Same picture where it's cited directly to Reuters. Just in case you think somebody's altering this, here is Reuters page itself. Russia pushes Ukraine forces to outskirts to key eastern cities. So just make sure we're clear on this, guys. That's undeniable. That is a Nazi swastika on his arm. Or, you know, we could be, we could say it could be a swastika from a long time ago before Nazis, but I find it hard to believe with the situation going on that it is there. But just making sure you see that. As they're going out of their way, to try to argue that this is not something that's happening in this country. Isn't that embarrassing? 
I, I would be willing to argue they're probably going to try to scrub this as soon as it gets they get wind of the fact that we're pointing at it. But lastly, as Lee just shared, here's a video from 2017. There's, a, there's an endless amount of these examples showing we've been doing this constantly around Ukraine. All the all the corporate media articles right up until 2021, at the end of the year, talking about how the entire country has been overtaken by these white supremacists and they're spreading their ideology all around the world and it's super dangerous and they're influencing all of America. And that just dropped off the map on February 25th. And they said, no, no, they're just good guys fighting for freedom. And you can literally look at the same outlets saying the exact opposite days before they switch their narrative. How do they think people don't see that? My point is, I think they do. They're just screaming that we don't. That we're wrong. We're fake news. Nobody buys it, I don't think. So watch this video Lee shared from the BBC from 2017. That's a good period to point that because don't forget, their focal point seems to be post-2016. Saying, nah, the Azov battalion just stopped being a problem and they went away and they and they went, they just kind of drifted away into something else. Well, no, they became the Azov movement and they infiltrated all forms of government. And we've seen this. I shouldn't say all, but vast majority. So here is what they are basically being caught with their own coverage, as I keep saying. 2017, this is discussing. And it's what he points out is what the BBC wants you to pretend you didn't see their segment on the Nazi problem in Ukraine in 2017. Is the national militia when journalists aren't watching? Now, by the way, the national militia is literally the Azov movement's political arm. Or, uh, yes, political arm, exactly. And because it was the National Guard and the nat uh, mil National Militia. Let me see which one did you say right there. When journalists, militia, when journalists. Either way, it's the Azov movement. I'm trying to remember if that was the political arm. There's a different term I'm trying to remember all of a sudden that was there. There's the military arm, there's the political arm. Like in any case, this is the Azov movement. And what their point, and they'll, they'll make that reference in the video itself. And also take note of the lower third where it points out the Svoboda movement. Weirdly, something they just never reference in the corporate media, even though that's a gigantic, openly Nazi movement that's in a huge political party in this group. Now, the national, see, again, a militia, I'm pretty sure that's their political party, even though it says militia. No, it's the national, shoot, I'm sorry, guys, I'm, I'm forgetting the term. I'll try to remember to look it up and say it in a second. But in any case, Azov movement. Now, watch what they're saying on the BBC about these groups, what they do when no one's looking. And, and this is post-regime change. This is the U.S. fact puppet government. Remember that. When journalists aren't watching, they're wearing masks and had hammers, they were national militia jackets, they were shouting glory to Ukraine, other slogans, breaking everything, started smashing everything, everything was broken. We're given other footage, which shows more places being trashed, men lighting fireworks indoors, even setting one location on fire. The national militia tell us they're working alongside the police. But they have also, on several occasions, fought them. Here they brawled and used pepper spray on officers. The National Militia are part of a group called Azov. Initially a volunteer military battalion, it has well-established links to the far right. Its founder, this man Andrei Biletsky, Just make, make sure you heard this, initially a volunteer battalion, but it's not what it is anymore. They knew that, they've reported it in a thousand different ways. But now... They argue that's never the case. How embarrassing it must be to literally take an, an opposite stance to what you reported was the fact on a dime. Just turn and just tell the different story, not because there's new evidence that challenges what you said before, but just because you say so. It's just different now. Totally different narrative. As in the past expressed racist and anti-Semitic views. And its logo 
has clear Nazi overtones. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, excuse me. Wait, wait a minute, BBC. Aren't you the one screaming that means national initiative or what was it, national idea? Weren't you the one saying that that's misunderstood? How embarrassing for you to be so stupidly obviously lying. It just makes me so angry it's this obvious to see. And again, it's not that they're not saying that it was like that before 2016. They're simply saying we don't understand. That's not a Nazi symbol. It's not the wolf's angel. That is an, a national idea. That's what it means. Except here they are saying the exact opposite. Uh, my favorite quote uh, from Andrei Belesky is that uh, the destiny of the Ukrainian nation is to be an avant-garde in holy war of white people against under humans led by Semites. The national militia have already been flexing their muscles in Ukrainian politics. This is the city. Yeah, okay, so there's your confirmation. So the national militia, the, I was correct. So this is the, the political party. I'm forgetting what the other term is. There's a national something else that was the part, the group that was patrolling the streets alongside the police and so on. Hall in the town of Cherkasy. Look at it now. All around the outside are See? security officers. These are people that are surrounding the outside of the political process. Are we going to pretend like that's not controlling it, influencing it? And the reason the police have come is because at the last session, this happened. The national militia, together with some war veterans, turned up and stood among the deputies, announcing that no one would leave until the mayor's budget was passed. Now, a training ground for the military coup in, in Ukraine. Sort of thing can't exist in Ukraine without the interior this ministry. The interior ministry is the Azov movement. Arsen Avakov, Ukraine's... This guy, Arsen Avakov, is one of the most obviously open... He's openly neo-Nazi, right? Wild extremist. And that's what the U.S. government even calls. And they pushed him aside around 2019 and acted like that was over, but yeah, now he's quietly back in a controlled position. Ambitious interior minister. His links to the Azov group are well known. He's put their fighters on the payroll of his ministry and appointed one of their commanders, Vadim Troyan, as his deputy. Look at that. This is the they, national militia. They literally compare this to, to, I mean, it's just amazing. This is a BBC report. This is a local Ukrainian that's saying these people that are right now, the very same Azov movement that you people out there that think you're supporting Ukraine are funding. He's telling you that this is the rising fascist entity that we keep telling you it is. Look at that. What an amazing contradiction. I mean, this is how embarrassing it is that they can't, that they either don't care how this is, how obvious it is and want to lie to you, or they're too stupid to see that they don't have the information in front of them, or they're just blindly trusting what the government tells them. And they think that's journalism. That's how you, that's how you cultivate an entire system of people that believe that trusting the government is doing journalism. Then when you say we're challenging authority or whatever you, whatever you want to frame it as, that's what they picture. The reality is the very job of a journalist is to question what you're being given by the government, by people in positions of power. That's the job. It's not what they're doing. Overwhelming majority of people in Ukraine are good people. And this is what somebody's pointing out. So no point focusing on a small group. Russia has a massive Nazi problem, but their press are not allowed to report it. This is the kind of stuff you get in response. That's not true. That's not even remotely true. Now, in regard to their press not being reported, well, sure, I would argue that happens pretty much any government anywhere to control the flow of information. But the point about a Nazi problem, that's not just because the government, the Western media says that doesn't make it true. There's no proof. There's no evidence of that. Yes, you can point out obvious white supremacist groups in Russia. You can point out obvious white supremacist groups in the United States, obvious white supremacist groups pretty much everywhere in the world. 
Not to say that there's a massive overwhelming problem that you, you can find pretty much every kind of group you want to look for pretty much everywhere because people are different and multifaceted. The point is to point out this thing as an overwhelming problem. A Nazi problem is just it's projecting what you're seeing here. And look, this person literally commented on this video that they clearly didn't watch because if you watch the video, it's not some small group. It's an overwhelming influence that they were saying in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and then it just went dead in 2022 when suddenly the narrative shifted. How in the world can you have an internationally overwhelming reach that suddenly disappears and they stopped existing after 2016 when the narrative shifts? It's called lying. Whether Cragside is a bot out there producing the narrative or whatever else, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because the facts are pretty clear. Now, on Ukraine, a couple other points I want to make that I thought was interesting. Emily Artisan points out, on May 3rd, these headlines, it was an autocorrect, which never seems to work properly anymore, appeared citing Ukraine intelligence, which is exactly what they all do. Ukraine says, claims Ukraine. You can, they all say that, which is not journalism. That's, that's, that's the opposite of journalism. You are, you are a, a witting, it seems, puppet. You are a witting misinformer, a witting propagandist if you just regurgitate what they're being, especially with Ghost of Kiev, especially with Snake Island, especially with the human rights chief who just got fired for lying about a massive story they're still pushing. But yet, no, they just continue to say Ukraine says because they don't care. But the point is that these headlines came out suggesting that there was going to be a bio attack with a cholera attack that may start epidemic, they say. This was May, right? There's a lot of them saying, and they all happily regurgitate. Well, Russia plans this, says Ukraine. You can see them. There, there's a whole bunch of them down here saying the same thing. False flag, this and that, plan. Okay, so the point is, a month later, today, and yet, well, yesterday, really, there is a cholera outbreak in Mariupol. Look at that. But you know what didn't happen? No bioterror angle. Not even Ukraine is saying Russia did this. So they predict a, exactly the same thing, exactly in the same location, and it happens, and there's no discussion. So did Russia do that or were they planning something else and decided not to promote it? I mean, what's going on here? It's very, very alarming, especially since they keep saying Russia's going to do this. And it turns out they were planning to do it to Russia or rather the evidence shows that they did it to themselves or all. And this is not because I'm trying to take a side. It's because that is what the evidence has shown over and over and over. The media is never going to tell you that. They're never going to circle back and say, oh, there weren't WMDs in Iraq, our mistake until way down the line. Right now, they're not going to say, oh, you're right, Bucha was an attack by Ukrainian forces on their own people to frame it on Russia. No, they're never going to do that. Oh, you're right, that missile hit the train station, that was very clearly from Ukraine territory. They're never going to do that, ever, 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 rather until way, I shouldn't say ever, way down the line, if they ever do, and probably blame it on something else. The point is, this is what's happening right now. So we should be asking these questions in real time, because here's what we're seeing. Mariupol officials fear call outbreak from infected water supply. Now, this could materialize to where they point back and say, now we have proof Russia did this, even though they probably will never have proof of that, even if Russia did do it, which is certainly possible. But don't forget something I just talked about. This interesting discussion about for 2013, Australia randomly testing this Paxvax genetically modified cholera vaccine in a location that has literally no cholera. I gotta stop doing that. I'm getting in this bad habit of using that. I make fun of that. Literally should be used exactly the right way, not as a pejorative. But the point, or a, 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 anyway, the point is a genetically modified cholera vaccine that is not necessary in, in Australia. They have a wildly low, if you could look it up in Australia in any documentation, they're going to say it's very, very rare to get cholera in Australia. So why were they massively testing this genetically, genetically modified cholera vaccine? 
So I just found that an interesting connection since we just talked about it. Maybe, maybe there's no connection, but I find it interesting. But then on top of that, and this is where that came from, by the way. This was just a post that I was pointing out was inaccurate about 2013, and it wasn't really about chemtrails. That's just how it was misperceived as, and on and on and on. Here's the study, if you, the show, if you'd like to watch that part of it. But nonetheless, interesting. I think there's more going on around the coordination of these things and how these things work. And the biosecurity state is becoming wildly obvious. So whether or not there was coordination, as we know, Australia has been used as a testing ground. If thou, check out Caitlin Johnstone's comments on it. She'll tell you endlessly about how they're abused and used and manipulated by the, the Western powers. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. I just wanted to float that out there to, under, to make you understand that there's an obvious overlap here to what they're doing. And maybe this is a plan to blame it on somebody else to jump the narrative in a different direction. That's what, I'm, that's what my gut would tell me. But we'll have to wait and see. Now, two more points on foreign policy. This is the point that I couldn't believe that I missed. I'm surprised nobody sent this to me. We've been talking, we talked, I mean, we've been focused on a less foreign policy than usual, but my God, Bolivia's former president, you know, the puppet, the, the US puppet, was sentenced to 10 years in prison. This was this was on the sixth. What's interesting though is that this has been happening for a while. I didn't know this. Apparently, Evil Morales already went back to Bolivia, which I do remember I think are reported, but the fact that this happened is really telling. Because it shows you, by the way, my first point is this is what happens to people that, let, that, that support the U.S. government agenda or believe that they have the support of the U.S. government. You get thrown away, sort of like Guaido, sort of like those people that defected from the Venezuelan side back when that was happening and they got put in jail immediately. And they're probably still there. Last time I checked, many of them were still in a U.S. prison, even though they defected because they were told they would go to the other side and they would be supported. Didn't happen, though. They got arrested for violating immigration law. I mean, it's ridiculous. They don't care about these people. They don't care about the Kurds. These are means to an end. So this woman steps up thinking she's going to get powerful benefits and gets put in jail the moment the U.S. looks a different direction. Suddenly, we're not worrying about Bolivia anymore, so we're going to... Isn't that interesting? Here's the point. Bolivian ex-president Janine Inez was sentenced Friday to 10 years in prison, more than a year after her arrest for an alleged plot. So that's the point. I wasn't even aware she got arrested, I don't think, unless I'm just deep in other topics that I'm forgetting. Dismissed as a fic as fictional by many to oust her rival and predecessor, Evo, Mor Evo Morales. Now, regardless of how the corporate media tries to spin this, don't forget that there it was. I think it was an MIT study, if I remember correctly. Was it MIT? If I remember, if I'm forgetting, if I get the school wrong, please correct me in the chat. But there was a massive study that came out after the OAS said that they could prove that it, that this was a stolen election, but never did. They came out and proved very clearly that this was a lie. That was not true. There were not anomalies. Even Morales was elected, and they just took it by military force. And that's why she's in prison right now. Because one thing it does show you is that the people of this country never supported what happened there. And that was very clear. That's why they were really trying to put it to bed. But here we are, back in the situation where the U.S. But what? Look at Guaido. Look at her. This is what you could be. You have to see the illegal nature of what they're doing around the world, and they're losing power to keep it going. The former interim leader, yeah, interim leader, just like Guaido was, will serve 10 years in a woman's prison. The administrative capitalist first sentence court announced its decision that comes three months after her trial. Now, again, just because you go through a court process doesn't mean that it's legitimate, but it's quite a bit different than what they did to everybody else, which was no court process, just arresting and killing. And that was very clear as well. Even we, I mean, we even just saw something in, 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 um, the, the, the Russian, the POWs, right? I mean, they had a lawyer. They went through a court process. Doesn't mean it was legitimate, but it's quite a bit different than what you see in reverse. Ukraine just assassinating people. And they're telling you they're going to do that. We're not, we're going to kill people that are traitors, which is, by the way, an open admission of a massive war crime because those are POWs. But nobody cares what they're telling you because they just listen to what the media says they mean. 
The former leader had already announced she would appeal if convicted, saying, we will not stop there. We will go before international justice system. Exactly. If that if they even care to give her time and just whether she just let her rot in jail, the point is going to an international justice system is because you don't want to be judged by the people that you stole from, the Bolivian system. I mean, isn't, weren't they in control for a year? Why would that very system then be a problem? I thought they were all about democracy. Didn't you scream that her being elected was because democracy won? And it's, I mean, think about how in, how contrary that is to what they're trying to tell you. That now, because she's not in power, well, suddenly everything changed. It's the same system that was there. They never bought it. They didn't believe in it then. And now they're holding them accountable for being stolen from because the U.S. government's not caring to help her. Or they're, whatever their agenda there was is either dealt with or they're moving on somewhere else. They're probably going to circle back to this. They still need the lithium from Bolivia. They still need the resources. But it just shows you how spread thin they are and that they... Their allies that they put in place are expendable. And and get ready, Zelensky. You are too. And that still faces a separate pending court case for sedition and other charges related to her short presidential stint. At the start of her president, think about that too, right? The seditious conspiracy about January 6th, which we'll talk about next. And here is a real sedition, an actual insurrection. And the start of her presidency, and as it called on the police and the military to restore order. The post-election conflict caused 22 deaths, according to the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights, the AICHR. Right, So she, 22 people were killed because they were trying to defend their democracy, if you want to call it that. Which I don't, I mean, I don't, democracy is a term they use, and just that's why I'm using it in this case. I'm not to say that they don't have a representative government, which I believe they do, which we do too in this country, but it's sure as hell not democracy, if you even think that's a good thing. We're, we're sprinting in the fascist direction right now, not because of left or right, but because your government. Now, it says right wing Inez became Bolivia's interim president in November 2019 after Morales, who claimed to have won a fourth consecutive term, which he provably did, fled the country in the face of mass protests, which is not what happened against electoral fraud. No, he fled because they were going to kill him because the U.S. government and her current junta were trying to find him and they would have killed him, which we've seen over and over in the past. That's what happened. The protests, which we proved to you, were in resistance to what she was doing. It's just embarrassing. Of course, the Organization of American States said at the time it had found clear evidence of voting irregularities in favor of Morales, except they never proved that, and MIT showed that they were lying, and then they never said a word after a military junta took power. They're the ones going, what about democracy? And then a junta takes power, and they go, yay, we'll stop talking. Yeah, because you clearly care about the Democrat process, right? Virtually unknown, the lawyer and former television presenter proclaimed herself interim president, just like Guaido did. Two days after his resignation, Morales. Election, or rather just forced resignation. Elections were held a year later and won by Luis Arque, a a Morales protege. So again, so the elections actually go through and a Morales person finds his way back in power. The people support that. With the presidency and Congress both firmly in MIS control, Morales, which is his Morales uh, members, returned to Bolivia in November 2020. Morales did. After handing over the presidency reins to Arque, Anez was arrested in 2021, accused of irregularly assuming power. The IACHR, the human rights group, described the 22 deaths that occurred at the beginning of her tenure were massacres and found they indicated serious violations of human rights. So here we have an international human rights organization also finding that she murdered people. But the U.S. government will will either ignore this entirely or say that they're lying and call them a group that supports Russia or Syria or whatever bad guy they want to make it rationalized to the people that want to blindly take what they're saying. But who cares, right? It's just like we have... Basellum and Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International all openly calling 
Israel an apartheid state, openly calling them a Jewish supremacy state that is uh, that is oppressing people in Palestine. That's what they're calling it. Can't be. I mean, it's they'll call it racist when I say it. But when you have three of the leading human rights organizations openly pointing it out, you got to start realizing that they're using racism as a shield to cover what they're actually doing, which in and itself is in fact racist. But this is the same point. Okay, moving forward from foreign policy. Oh, last point I forgot I included on the way. And I hate. I shouldn't even. Say, on a side note, Israel illegally bombs the airport of of Syria again. Shouldn't be a side note. It should be a huge, massive war crime, and the Israeli government should be held accountable. But guess what won't happen? It's just embarrassing how obvious this is. They don't care about what's right and wrong. They don't care about international law. It's all means to an end. People die almost every time they do this. I mean, take wherever you are right now and pick the largest airport you could think about. Now, imagine Russia bombed that airport. Wouldn't you care about that? Isn't, is that a, is that an okay thing to happen? Is that because they can, Russia says, well, Iran's in there somewhere? Did you prove that? No? Then who cares, right? It's the same exact thing. If, you can't, if you're standing there in your mind thinking it's okay that Israel can bomb the, the massive Damascus airport, which, by the way, was also the area that, that Soleimani was assassinated by Trump and Trump's administration illegally. But if you think it's okay for them to bomb the airport, then you'd be okay with Russia bombing an airport by your house because they believe somebody they don't like is there. It's the same exact legal situation. It's just a double standard. Now, moving over to January 6th. This is important because this is such an obvious farce in every possible way. Here they are talking about this, the hearings on the investigation. It's just everywhere. Takeaways from the primetime January 6th committee. It's just such a ridiculous show because of what ultimately happened. Now, I'm not, I never, I've never once argued that there's not... That people, that there wasn't crimes that were committed. All said and done, pretty minor at the end of the day. I mean, in the in the context of what they're framing it as, I should say. Like, for instance, that one lady cop that showed her getting knocked down. Yeah, I mean, well, that, technically speaking, that is bad. I mean, you're, you're, that's a police officer and you threw her to the ground. And that's fine. That there's obvious ways that people should be held accountable. I'm not diminishing that. But the point is to, to jump to to insurrection, to call this some kind of plot to overthrow the government, whether or not there are people there that felt that this was stolen from, is childish. On top of the fact that the people that actually died, they keep saying this was an insurrection and there was murder. The only people that died were after the fact in regard to the police side. And the one woman, Babbitt, that did die was shot there and everybody was unarmed. So there's no way you can call this what they're saying it is. It's a farce. It's a show. This is an effort to drive in the narrative. Now, in no way does that mean that people that did break the law and can be proven to do so should be, shouldn't be held accountable. They just don't want to ever frame it that way. Nobody on this is saying that people that broke the law shouldn't be held accountable. What we're showing you, though, is this overwhelming effort to go after people that even had secondary thoughts about maybe going to that rally. Or people that were politicians that showed up because they supported their constituents, whether or not there was violence involved where they were. You can't just broad stroke literally everybody in a red hat that was within a mile of this thing and say that they're all possible terrorists. That is crazy. But that's where we are because this is being driven into whatever they say it is, whenever they want it to be. I am this if they want it to be. Suddenly, you're going to get arrested because you're dangerous because the words you said yesterday are actual violence. We are off the rails as we keep showing you, but this is going to continue. Now, I keep the point to make here is if you flip this whole thing around, and this is not a partisan point, your government is the problem here, and they're using partisanship against you. But if you flip this around and made it in the reverse and made it that this was some kind of a, a Democrat thing against Republicans, th this would be a travesty of justice. And they're making this out to attack us for no reason. And you know that would happen. 
We just can't get past our child-level partisanship in this country. Here, at least in some example, and this is not to say that this is everything that happened there, but you can clearly see that in many cases, a lot of the people there, because in many areas they were just literally let in, that this was not what they say it was. People walking in between the ropes with selfie sticks, just Moran, you know, milling around, old people with children, and it, it, this is ridiculous. So at the very least, you can't say any of these people were necessarily, I mean, you could try to push the idea of trespassing and make it a serious case because it's a serious building. Sure, go at it. The lawyers will have a day with that because of the way this went down. But nonetheless, they're just jumping right over all that, and they're trying to charge these people with something quite serious. Or more serious than it should be, as this person is pointing out. Dangerous revolution this way. They're all just walking in. Here's the cops right there. These people aren't showing violence. I mean, are they, why don't why just stand up? They stop, stop. You're not, you know, the point is that this is very clearly allowed to happen, whether or not it started a certain way or not. And at the end of the day, we've shown and proven to you that in multiple stages, extra support was told to stand down by people like Pelosi, despite, despite their effort to argue that Trump never called in extra troops. The point is that when this was happening, there was multiple cases of them trying to bring in extra people. This was the Capitol Police that said this. And then they said no, or they didn't respond, and they let it. They let this continue to go. You just can't miss all this stuff, or the fact that there were people involved on the ground that were very t- clearly tied to the government, people that were in the FBI that were at leadership positions of the groups they're pointing at, or the fact that there was people that were you that were literally Ukrainian bloggers that were on the ground speaking in Russian, saying "Let's go, let's go" in Russian. All this has been proven. None of that matters apparently to the people investigating because all they're doing is confirmation bias. They are seeking out what they want to find, which is that these are red hat maniac conservatives that were trying to overthrow the government. So that's all we're going to look at. We're not going to care about any other possible examples. Now, here is the FBI arresting Michigan gubernatorial candidate on charges related to involvement in January 6th. Charges related to involvement in January 6th. They won't even get into what it really is. What crime was committed? Just being present in the crowd is not a crime. Even if bad things happened at this rally, you can, I mean, think about how alarming this, this jump is to say that if you were even present at this protest and anything happened anywhere, you're now culpable for it, whether or not you're a candidate for, for, I mean, for political office, aren't you? I mean, isn't this the same argument when they, the press says, well, we're individuals too. We have a right for our opinions. Well, apparently not for this guy. Now, I'm not trying to say that I, this is a good person or that I believe in his politics and none of that even matter. It's about the fact that regardless of what you think about their politics, that they have a right to the same rights as everybody else. Now, don't forget this person is challenging, uh, Gret, uh, what's your name? Uh, it's down here. Gretchen. Uh, I'll read, I'll find it in a second. As we read through this governor Wh- Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer, you know, a COVID-19 mania, you know, a, a, uh, a rising tyrant in the COVID-19 world. Interesting. Now, I'm not talking about partisanship here, guys. This is not Democrats versus Republicans. And if you're still believing that, you are lost in the narrative and you will never see the actual truth because that's where you will get stuck. But this says GOP Michigan gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly was arrested Thursday morning on misdemeanor charges, misdemeanor charges related to his involvement in the Capitol riot on January 6th, according to the Justice Department. This is a witch hunt, guys. It doesn't matter what you think happened. This is a witch hunt. That's what this is. Kelly, 40 years old of Michigan, was arrested on charges of uh, charges, quote, stemming from the January 6th Capitol breach. See, they and this is according to Bill, Bill Miller, a spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office in District of Columbia. He see that's the actual attorney. They're not calling it an insurrection. They're not calling it a riot. They're simply calling it a breach. Which is very important. 
because when they actually find themselves in a court of law, it's called, just, it's a breach. So that's my point, though, is in some cases you could argue that, like, for instance, that one example, you can see that they pushed past these police and you can hold them accountable for that if you really wanted to push this issue. But, but obviously there's a thousand other things we should discuss right there, but just in the context of this conversation. What, but everybody else who then millingly slowly walked behind them and came in, why would they be held accountable for that if maybe they came up and didn't even realize that just happened? Maybe they come up five minutes later and they just walk right in. They didn't realize. Why would they be held accountable for that? Because that's what's happening right now. This is, this is way over the top. It says the Detroit FBI field office confirmed Kelly's arrest and said his home had been searched. On what grounds? What are you searching for? And why would you argue you have a right to search his personal belongings? Because he showed up to a protest. That is so alarming, we all need to see how alarming that is. So now because you were present at a protest but didn't break any laws other than being present, they're going to raid your home and search your belongings, and then when they find something they think is not, you know, what if they find something else? What if they find a bag of marijuana? What happens then? Is that even valid? Because it's not even related to this, but I guarantee it'll be a big political issue, despite the fact that it's a ridiculous thing to be charged for, especially in a time when most country states are legalizing. I mean, it's an off sporadic point off to the side. My point is simply that you can see how this could be abused going forward. I cannot provide any information on the nature of his charges, they say. Yeah, because there isn't anything. This is going to be some, this is like charging you for resisting arrest after you were I mean, after you've been laying side, I mean, we've seen those images of police yelling, stop resisting as they're arresting you. And that's clearly not what's happening. And then you get charged with you know, disobedience or, or, or what's the term they use? The, you know, basically the term that you were being diso, I, I can't remember the term all of a sudden. Anyway, there's broad terms they use like this that just basically mean that after you were charged with something that was illegitimate, that you then tried to stop or tried to resist and say, stop, but this isn't right. And they charge you with something there and then use that as the impetus for why you were arrested in the first place. But wait a minute, that didn't happen until after you tried to arrest me for something else. You see, it's just all manipulation. The point is that this is not valid. In 2020, Kelly, a real estate broker, and unless there's some new evidence that they haven't shown that I haven't seen, which is always possible, and I'll take in the new evidence and address it then. But my point is that that's, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. He began leading rallies against COVID-19 lockdowns and mandates in Michigan. Right? That's, this is what they don't like, according to his website. So how dare he challenge the science, which is not the truth. You see, this is their fabricated fantasy world. COVID-19 lockdowns and mandates were wrong, and they still are wrong. Even if you think they were helping people, they're still wrong. They still violate your rights, and that is what matters. But they weren't helping people. They were hurting people. He said he led rallies against COVID restrictions in the state capitol and other places. He says the gubernatorial candidate added that he guarded a Civil War statue in his hometown during protests. And why they included that? Because they're trying to include things that are going to make their audience go, what a terrible person. How dare he protect that racist statue? No, it's called protecting history for people that are trying to rewrite history. It doesn't matter if it's a racist statue in your mind or if it is an actual racist statue. It happened. It's part of history. And those that are trying to be revisionist out there, trying to change everything and alter everything that means anything, it deserves to be protected. A crowded field of Republicans is jockeying to face Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer in what will be one of the nation's most closely watched campaigns this fall. <laughs> Unless this guy gets arrested, right? That's a little bit suspicious, isn't it? This is so off the rails, guys. Now, we're going to keep watching this in general, you know my thoughts in regarding how this is was right here, for example. Here's our, our tag for January 6th. You can check out some of the interviews or discussions we've had. All this is related. But the one I did I thought was important, January 6th, the failed false flag meant to blame Russia and you using a CIA Gronozov battalion. Because don't forget, 
the guy that was the Ukrainian screaming in Russian was tied to the Azov Battalion. He had flags and he was in their uniforms. Obviously, this was a PSYOP, guys. I'm talking about specifically him and what he was trying to accomplish. I do believe all of it was, because that's what I said, failed false flag. I think this was meant to trick them. And they showed up with no weapons, and that, that was the first thing that failed. They were hoping this would be take, they would take the bait, but they weren't stupid enough to do so. The point is that this was meant to create a narrative that would then blame the Russians for growing white supremacy that would influence this country, and they've lost control of that narrative. The, clearly, the CIA is clearly growing the Azov movement in this country, and then obviously they got caught even on January 6th, and it didn't even go the way they wanted it to, yet they're still driving this in. And here was one that we did. Vanilla ISIS is here. The CIA constructed illusion meant to demonize Russia and justify war on you. Similar discussion. The whole point was we've been following this. And this has been meant, this is a, the point was to create this, this discussion and division, by the way. Now, to go forward from that, the point I was talking about that it seems that nobody likes except me, it's important that we recognize the partisan angle of all of this and how this is breaking the truth. Not to say that that means they should be censored, guys, because I don't believe that. They should be allowed to share information that isn't true. That's called free speech. But the point is, this is inaccurate. And I'm just tired of seeing this kind of partisan angled stuff. Cropping out this clip from somebody else without giving the credit, by the way, because that's what that is right there. That's the same image we used on the person's video. I forget who it was, where we gave them credit for it. Of course, that's not how these people operate. But the point is, it says, Great Reset Creator had no idea he was being filmed with a hidden button camera. Not true. And boasts about the puppets that he has in Davos Mafia bag, which he's boasting about them. But he says, we have them all in our bags, politicians. I don't think he says bags, by the way. Yeah, it's not even what he says, but he puts it in quotes. There's so many people out there that are misrepresenting the truth and blatantly lying about it. And I said, that's not accurate. It's an important clip. I played it many times in the show, but that's not accurate. He's also openly expressed the same point in numerous other interviews. He's in this clip saying, we've got all these people in, 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 our, in our cabinets and these people in media. And you've seen this. I've played it many times. Influencing people in positions of power. I think I actually have. Let's see. We've got a couple of montages here. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to try to seek out and find it. Let's we'll see if we can hear this, if it's loud enough. We have, uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, uh, of course, uh, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, continuous uh, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course. Now he goes on to add more things to that. My point is to make the clear point, that the point here is that it wasn't a hidden button camera. He said this very openly many times before. Now, I think I do have it right here in the, uh, the, it was the World Economic Forum ending clip. Let me see if I can play that real quick. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But... Um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So you see, my point is that he's very open. Even, I mean, the fact that he was willing to say that, that goes on, by the way, but to penetrate the cabinets, my God, why is anybody okay with that? 
he see he my point is that he's not shy about that. He doesn't need a hidden button camera to catch him off guard. He's open about this. He always has been. So my question is, why is this person saying that? Where did that come from? Did he was he lied to and he didn't check in for himself? Well, then if that's the case, then you shouldn't blindly trust what he's putting out or he lied about it. However you want to look at it. My point is this stuff matters, guys. And even Strange Days follows up and goes, yeah, hidden camera. And that's why he's mic'd up (laughs) because he is. You know, it's just it's just so ridiculous. And it says, and how do people fall for tweets like this and play? And it has the video of him saying this. Right. And this this. Oh, I'll show you this next. This is thank thank you to Strange Days for pointing this to posting this. But then this, this is what I this is what we get. This person says, phew, everything he said is okay now. Why would you, why would that be your argument? So we point out that that's inaccurate and your argument is to say like he's trying to rationalize. Nope. As I said, literally no one even implied that this guy's a villain, a villain. We all agree on that. We should also agree that facts matter, right? Amazing that this is even needs to be written. It's, it kills me. I'm almost more frustrated with this kind of dynamic than blatant lies today because this is more dangerous. It's, it's slip, it slides in and people don't notice. And this is how they, what they use to frame all of us as being misinformers because we're not, we don't care about the facts and blah, blah, even though that's what they're doing more than anybody, the, the government and the media. But here, here, oh, I have both of them open here, it looks like. Here is the video that he shared. And guys, the point is, this is exactly what he was claiming was a, a mic'd video right here where he's talking. It's posted on the World Economic Forum website or YouTube page. So. Not wasting any more time on the point. The point is, guys, that there is a lot of people out there, whether they mean to or not, that are lying for the truth, that are misrepresenting the facts, or blatantly lying to you for clicks. But you all know this, but we just need to be careful. It's not just the government. It's not just the media. There's plenty of operators out there. Maybe they're bots. Maybe they're just people. But we need to be better. Be better than the mainstream media, guys. Be better than the corporate media. Now, last point on the weird facts matter discussion, which I'm sure a lot of people saw, is I wanted to just highlight this. Now, there could be more to this story, which really is obviously important, but I think it's interesting not just to, which I will be looking into more deeply about other parts of this, and this is from the Texas shooting discussion. Now, we just, everyone's been talking about Matthew McConaughey and his emotional plea for you know all, all the stuff they saw. <clears throat> the only thing I want to point out here in regard to the very conversation about facts matter is that this is being represented as the very shoes this kid was wearing. For those on the podcast, you're seeing a picture of this child that died who has very faded green shoes on with a faded heart sticker on the front of the shoes. Now, here's a picture in the middle, which is seemingly, I don't know if it was just before this, the day before, or whatever's happening. It looks maybe the airport before they went to the hearing in Congress. But the point is, this is Matthew McConaughey, his wife, wearing these green shoes with a sticker on them, not the same ones. So why that's happening is interesting. Maybe in honor of her, I don't know. But then the recount posts this picture of her crying with these shoes, with the same sticker on them, obviously the ones that she was just wearing. So my point is not to say that there's anything other, and you should be asking questions and you should be allowed to ask questions about what's going on and whether things are faked and lied about and blah, blah, blah. You should be okay and allowed to ask those. Not just because they scare you away from saying that's insensitive. You know, what's insensitive is using the memory of dead children to push your political agenda. That's what's insensitive. But my point is this recount tweet is suggesting those are the exact shoes that this kid wore. Of course, in under the tweet, everyone's going, no, that's not what he said. You don't understand. Well, here's the hill of this conversation. Matthew McConaughey says, you've old victim could only be identified by her shoes, which is a horrifyingly sad po- story to set, talk about. But it says that he pointed to green Converse sneakers worn by, the, by Rodriguez that helped identify her body. Then it says an emotional McConaughey shared that Rodriguez, who was 10 years old, 
wore those wore the green sneak uh, Converse sneakers with a heart on the right toe every day and loved that loved the environment and loved uh, and loved oh I guess like a climate change thing. It says this is the this is the same green Converse. It's a quote on her feet that turned out to be the only clear evidence that could identify her in the shooting. Now you could argue that maybe they brought him in. Not, they're not necessarily seeing exactly the same ones, even though that's obviously what that implies, to make a point. The, right there is where I'm stopping. The point is, even if that's the case, that's disgusting. You're using props to emotionally manipulate people? Why would that make sense? Why couldn't you just tell that story without having those shoes in your hands? Because you knew that people would think those were the same shoes. It makes me sick. These are people, I'm, I'm, I mean, and I'm not even necessarily saying McConaughey is the one that's, I think these people, these stars are easily manipulated. They, they, and maybe they're, maybe they're part of the agenda, certainly possible. But the point being is that they're just easily manipulated. They're thinking they're doing something right for the, it's, and these are, now, I mean, ask yourself, did they choose to bring in a prop or were somebody giving it to them? They say, wear these or bring these. And then why the hill would suggest that they're the same ones, even though it's obvious they're not, even to the point of putting a heart sticker on the end of the shoes. I mean, that's weird. I just have to be honest. That's a weird discuss. It makes me sick that that's the kind of thing that's happening. You don't need to bring in props and fake and represent them as something else. That, guys, is abusing her memory. Nothing else. Talking about this and discussing whether or not there's lies around that scut, that's not just that's not against her memory or any of these kids' memory. The truth should be what people care about, even if you end up going into areas that end up not being true. It's go, you're doing it with an interest in finding the truth. So anyway, the truth matters is the point, and this kind of thing is abusing that truth, lying to people, emotionally manipulating them, and thinking certain things that aren't actually the truth. It bothers me. He added, Robert, Robert, and you know, the whole thing in this even is, you know, why are you talking about her life? And I mean, that's something for the family. To get into her wants and desires, which, by the way, who knows if they're even accurate? Is that what they said? What Did she love the environment? Is that what they're saying? The point is, this shouldn't even be discussed, guys. It's sad that people die, especially children. But to make this overwhelming discussion and day by day use these profiles about what they were going to do with their lives, that's emotional manipulation. I don't know why we can't see that. Now, on to COVID-19 in the same conversation of manipulation. I found this to be very interesting. Another point my brother pointed out to me. U.S. lifts COVID-19 test requirement for international travel. Right? We just saw this. This was uh, yesterday. Where was the? Oh, well, it says today. Let's see if it was. I think I thought it was yesterday. Well, it was reported today. I think yesterday's when that happened. So they're claiming, well, they are saying we're, we're lifting the test requirements for international travel. Right? How does that make sense when simultaneously they're also saying cases are rising and everyone's getting worse? That's what's happening. I'm in no way suggesting that's really what's happening, but that's what they're saying, right? I mean, you could just came anywhere, everywhere. Look, cases are on the rise. Hospitalizations are going up. COVID, COVID cases are rising. I mean, even they're even going monkeypox is rising, right? But yet simultaneously, we're going to stop the testing for those things. That either means they know that it doesn't work or they don't want you to see that things are happening. I mean, how does that even possibly make sense? Within their narrative is what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not arguing we should have testing requirements. Thank God they're stopping these things. But doesn't that show you a weird contradiction in their own narrative? It's all getting worse, but we're going to stop testing for it. COVID says hospitalizations are, are to rise. What does that even mean? So you're psychic now? You're, you know for sure that they're going to... Okay, it doesn't matter why. If they're telling you it's going to get worse tomorrow, this is May, obviously, but so they're May projecting into June. But yet right now they stop testing. Something doesn't add up, does it? 
which is what you could have, that, that could, that should be the tagline of this country right now. That should be the, the, the state. We should be pledging allegiance to something doesn't add up right now. But the point here is Taylor Lorenz, multimedia tech journalist for the Washington post, you know, so open propagandist is trusting the science. I guess not. Right. We don't need these testing requirements. You don't need to wear a mask on the plane anymore, except I'm scared and I'm going to wear 13 masks and 14 pairs of gloves. And I'm going to be, that's what she's saying. I have to fly soon for work. And as someone who is medically vulnerable, I'm so scared. All COVID precautions that keep high risk people safe have been dropped. Yeah, so that would argue that the scientists that you're telling us to trust have decided that you don't need those anymore. But I'm so scared because they dropped all the things. So you're not trusting the science? Right, you see my point? And I'm not suggesting that is the science. I'm suggesting that that's what they say it is. And they're saying trust the science. And yet when those same people say you're good, you don't have to do it anymore. They go, oh, I can't do that. Why are you doing this? You're going to kill us all. They're the ones you're telling us to trust. How does it... So when you stand back, you can realize that they don't even mean what they're saying. It's all fear and manipulation. I plan to keep an N95 on my face for all seven hours without with zero water breaks, but I'm scared it may not seal perfectly. Right, but we're going to give them to everybody else. And it's just, there's so many caveats. There's so many loopholes and open. This is so stupid. Talk about common sense, guys. On top of that, N95s, like the other ones, are not statistically significant in reducing transmission of COVID-19, period. That's what their documentation says. That's what the, that's what the makers of the masks say. That's what the science says. And as this person types in, you need a BSL-4 suit and oxygen source, right? That's the only thing that's actually going to stop you from getting viruses. I mean, this is so silly. Any tips? Of course, then she gets ratioed to L and everyone, then she blocks the comments. Oh, you can't respond to me anymore. Insane. But trust the science, though. Okay, now talking about children, because I mentioned that earlier in the show. Hearing to decide the fate of COVID shots for young children. That's happening right now, despite the fact that, oh, shoot, we're way past an hour. See, I knew I would happen. Dang it. I'm going to try to wrap this up reasonably quick and probably not do that after I say it. But June 10th, 2022. There are literally in hearings, multiple, they're calling it like a marathon of hearings to decide whether these young children that don't need this, who aren't at risk from COVID, who have high risks of myocarditis and everything else should get these shots they don't need. Next week brings a marathon of hearings to U.S. decides whether to open COVID vaccinations for kids under five. Under five. We're, in, we're talking emergency authorization still to this point. We're talking about the fact that they're telling you that we're no longer in the pandemic phase. They're telling you that these things aren't that dangerous, that Omicron's what we're dealing with. And yet we're still pushing this idea. You know why? Because the moment that they can approve these for children, they have indemnity across the board. But if you approve it without for children, then they don't. RFK made that point a long time ago, and that stands. And I think that's very alarming. This overwhelming push to vaccinate children scares me. And that's why they're doing it. Not because it scares me, but because they're pushing it for for getting the indemnity. And meanwhile, right, like this is we've been seeing this with the Biden administration the whole time as they are chomping at the heels of the, the regulatory agencies that do what they want anyway, what the White House wants, it seems. But we're, the argument that they're letting science drive the decisions is obviously not true when they're going, this is going to happen if they do this, pressuring them to do what they want them to do. That's not how that's supposed to work. You're supposed to wait for the agencies to come to their conclusion about whether it's safe or not, and then discuss that. But here we have, again, as Biden's done many times, White House of COVID shots ready for kids under five. We're waiting for you. Go ahead, FDA. Go ahead, guys. Just give it a push. That's what's happening. California bill allowing on top of that, and this is my point about them getting ahead of the fact that this is about to happen. Well, this is 12 and up, but it's still the same idea because it's only going to continue to creep. 
Well, I mean, you could argue that it may be a little bit lower, but not maybe. I mean, obviously, I mean, good God, if it went below five for consent, I mean, it should be, we should be upset it's going below 18 or anywhere. That you should be, the parents are supposed to be the ones that are allow, that are making the decisions for their adolescents, for their children. In regard to, you know, alcohol, joining the, the fact that you can't drive a car, drink alcohol, have a cigarette, or join the military, but you can alter your body makeup and become a trans person or apparently get an injection of a gene, a gene therapy that's very dangerous. It just makes sense. It doesn't add up. If there's some kind of barrier for whether they're, you know, mentally sound enough to make these decisions, that applies to literally anything, not just selectively cigarettes and alcohol, but here, go ahead and take this dangerous injection. We all can see how dumb that is. That fine. If you're going to allow 12 year olds to get injections and 13 year olds should be able to smoke a cigarette, drive a car, go to join the military. None of that makes sense. May 6th. The proposal, oh, and the point is, California bill allowing vaccines for children 12 and up without parents' consent clears the first hurdle. So it hasn't passed yet, but it is it cleared the first hurdle. If the proposal becomes law, California would allow the youngest age group of any state to be vaccinated without parental permission. That is disgusting. God, it just it really bothers me how obvious this is. We all know this is wrong. And if this was anything but COVID, people would be pushing back on this. And they are still anyway. But it has to pass both sides of Congress, then it has to be acknowledged by the governor, I believe, and then it will actually go into I, I believe this is going to happen, and it scares me. Because that, does, that won't stop at COVID-19. Once they get that through foot, foot in the door, it's going to become any of these things they claim are necessary for your safety. And you just look no further than California and, and Senator Pan, which, by the way, is probably what this relates to. Well, I think he's more, I think he's more uh, different area. Oh, there he is. Senator Richard Pan. This guy's a maniac. I, I mean, I, I used to live in California, and I've watched this pro- progress as he's been pushing these things in for long before COVID-19. And despite the fact that they have overwhelming, overwhelming opposition to this, where they have an open forum and they say, come in and let us know what you think. And they got thousands of parents that said no to like a couple hundred that said yes, and they did it anyway. Because it's not about what you actually want. That's a farce of a process. Senator Richard Pan is trying to push the, the point where governments have say over your, your children's vaccination process. Scary. Now, here's the bill. Scott Weiner, Senate Bill 866. SB 866 permits minors 12 years or older to consent to vaccination when vaccine approved, when a vaccine is approved by the United States FDA. So here's the loophole, guys, because they go, well, it is approved. It's approved. No, it's not. The one that you're giving people is currently not community, right? That's the Pfizer biotech because that's the one that's not approved. Technically, they claim it's the same substance, even though we've proven to you that it's not. There's multiple alterations and they just pretend it's the same thing. But the one that they claim is approved has never been distributed. It still has not been given out. That's incredible. You know why? Because anybody gets hurt by the approved version right now can be sued or rather the company can be sued if they get hurt by the injection. That's why they go, well, we're just going to get rid of these stocks. Well, no, they're still producing the one that's not approved, which proves to you that it is a different substance. The point is here that they're going, well, it's approved. So what's going to happen is they're going to say it is approved, and then they're going to allow these kids to make the consent, but they're going to give them the emergency authorized injection. That is what's happening, I can promise you. And we've proven this, at least right now. And this is happening. Now, on top of all of that, we have other areas doing the same thing. I believe this is Uganda. Here's what they're saying. I'll play this clip. It says, uh, these vaccines are not even approved by the FDA. Why risk the lives of our children? 
But in, this is in response to what he's saying, and here's what he's saying. And don't forget, most of these areas were they had leaders that were very against all of this that just suddenly vanished or were killed or and all put and people got put in place that were suddenly super pro vaccine. Very, very, very suspicious. Alfred Driwali told NBS this is in preparation for another wave of COVID-19, which could hit the country anytime. And I'm calling upon all parents to trust um, in the guidance we give as a Ministry of Health and to trust that we do this in, in good faith. And by the way, also to inform some parents who may not be uh, uh, who may not have the privilege to know what is going on in this country. Dr. Driwali said all learners will receive the Pfizer vaccine at their respective schools. This will be through a five-day structured process. Then the vaccination teams are going to the communities for three additional days where they will be using the parish model. In the parish model, what will happen there is vaccination teams will move to the communities village by village an opportunity which puts the vaccination service close to the people dr driwali said parents consent is unnecessary because at school it's teachers who are responsible for the children for parents so he literally just said parents are not are not their consent is not necessary because while they're at school, the teachers are the ones that make decisions. And we've heard that already in the United States. So ask yourself, oh, gee, I wonder why then they're focusing on schools. That's their way they can circumvent parental consent. They've already put, they've already floated this idea in the United States, and that's exactly why. So it, it's, it's like, so it's, it's a conscious choice to move, to move away from that because they know the teachers are going to let it happen. That's, that's just wrong in every possible way. A mass sensitizing campaign will be carried out to ensure they fully understand the objective of the exercise. Ref right, so we're going to make sure these children understand what's happening, right? So if, you, if that's the case, then why wouldn't you go through their parents? Why wouldn't you make sure the parents understand? Because they're going to say no. That's why. They, this is nothing. This is not about what's right. This is about doing what they want to happen and finding a way around parents that don't want it to happen. Refusal from parents will result in children eventually being sent home whether they should go home or be vaccinated. And I think this will not be uh, the kind of measure we want to take. But parents NBS spoke to dismissed government's supposed high-headedness on the matter. Is it the responsibility of the school or my responsibility? Because at the end, it's my whole responsibility and it's my child. So I will not accept my child to be vaccinated. Exactly. How about this? How about the fact that it is the parent? Like, so if they, they, they vaccinate these children, that parent, that, chi that child goes home, and then hours later after being home, something terrible happens. Whose responsibility is that? It's the, it's the parent's responsibility. And if something ends up happening and then they, they claim that she, wasn't, that she was negligent, it's all on her. Not the, not the school who gave them something that causes something that you can't trace back to the vaccine. It breaks my trust with our school as a parent. Following the immunization, vaccination certificates will be issued to the children, and this will reflect on the national database. So this is to reaffirm that the program for the vaccination exercise is going to start mid of June, and we will communicate uh, the de specific dates as we finalize our... Now, you can take note of where he's from, the UN, UNEPI. So this is a program director from the United Nations.
Don't be surprised by that at all. Obviously, this is part of the agenda. Now, on top of that, I want to play another clip of just a real quickly of a parent also speaking out in regard to this, which they're not getting even getting being allowed to speak other than the you know media that's giving them a moment. Like in regard to the governmental process and what's happening, they're already administering these because this was end of 2021 when this was being discussed. That if my child is vac- vaccinated, I will kill you, and I mean it. I brought him here to study, not to be vaccinated. And I told him, and I mean it, don't think I'm, it's not a figure of speech, I mean it. You become the first person I kill. And probably the last. So I, so he told me, no, sir, we cannot, we cannot do it without consent. So I want you to spread the word across the world. I mean, across this country. Tell parents, if your children have to stay home between 15th and 20th, let them stay. But I know the vaccines have gone all over the country right now under conditions where they are not even safe. Because they have to be strictly refrigerated. Anyway, I'll stop. Now, what he's going on to talk about there is the fact that despite the fact that they're, what he's actually just referring to is that they're not being kept properly. I mean, I would argue on top of the fact that he knows they're not safe. That's why he's pushing back in general. But what he's saying is they're not even being refrigerated properly. They're sending these all over the country. They don't have proper refrigeration, and yet they're still giving them out. Gee, I wonder why, because it's not about actually keeping. They know they're not. It's about getting this in people's arms at all costs. It's been so clear from the very beginning. Now, here's Justin Bieber, which I want to make sure we point out is not necessarily something I can. I'm, I'm not proving to you right now that we know this is caused by an injection, but this is yet another example of something we should be able to ask. And it's being very, very weirdly kind of controlled in in the information here. I'm going to make a couple points. First of all, Justin Bieber just had facial paralysis from a rare syndrome. And he was forced to cancel all of his tour dates. Right? Even though up until this, he's already been having these weird problems that they were going, no, no, it has nothing to do with this. He wasn't injected. Don't worry. And, And yet he's already been having all these problems. So what happened before that? Right? If he was dealing with something, if this just happened and it's because of this other thing that caused facial problems, then what was happening before where he was canceling dates and different things were happening? There's something else going on here. Obviously. Now you can read through all this and I'll actually here I'll play this video for you real quick so you can kind of see what he's talking about. <laughs> well, never mind then. See, I swear, I checked this before he went and it did come up. For some reason these quick time videos intermittently just don't like to be played. Maybe it's StreamYard somehow stepping in, but the point is that you can see in this if you'd like to watch it. It's right here. He's just kind of talking out. You can see on one side of his the from the video's perspective, the left side of his face is 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 paralyzed essentially for at least temporarily who knows they're calling it ramsey hunt syndrome ramsey hunt syndrome just days after being forced to cancel dates on this tour now what i find interesting oh that was just in case this goes away is that ramsey hunt syndrome is a rare neurological disorder so first of all that's an obvious neurological disorders are all are off the charts in regard to vaccination side effects which have been proven Peer-reviewed science all over the place. AL, even in regard to prion disease, different ALS and different all neurological stuff. But it's going on to say uh, that the disorder itself is characterized by paralysis of the facial nerve and a rash affecting the ear of the mouth. Now it says Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, which is what they're calling this, is caused by varicella zoster virus. The same virus that causes chicken pox in children and shingles. Isn't it strange how we're talking? Herpes zoster, by the way, is an obvious, obvious side effect and discussion or, you know, tied to this injection in the, the 10 different ways. But on top of that, what about the idea of shingles and different things? The monkeypox conversation. There's a lot of weird overlaps to this whole thing. But all I'm saying is that we should be allowed to ask questions here because they're so tight lipped about what's going on. 
And we know that there's some interesting connections here. Shingles following Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, right? So isn't it possible that we could ask that this is something that is caused after the injection? Yeah, it's certainly possible. Do we know if he had it? They seem to be pretty tight-lipped about that, but I'll show you some examples in a minute. Reactivation of herpes zoster virus after COVID vaccination. Or could COVID increase your risk of shingles? COVID itself is the argument in this one. Or how about herpes zoster following COVID-19 vaccination in an immunocompetent and vaccinated for herpes zoster adult? I mean, there's a lot of examples of this kind of stuff. So as they're literally telling you that this is something that is, fr- that's that, that virus. But they're, so that's what caused it, nothing else. Well, then you can't offer up that the injection can then cause that virus, which could then cause this paralysis. No, because we're not actual journalists. We're covering up for something like, obviously that's possible, but no, you read all, you read every article anywhere and they're going to say, no, no, it wasn't this. Everyone's trying to, all the fake news out there saying this. Well, no, we're saying that this is possible, that the injection can cause the thing that you say caused the paralysis. Why wouldn't you discuss that? Isn't that a valid point? Obviously. But on top, here's Viva Frey. Within three months, Justin Bieber, who was on tour, and his wife, by the way, suffered facial paralysis and a brain clot, respectively, because she just had a brain clot. Haley Bieber released from hospital after a blood clot found in her brain, which is sad. It's horrible for both of them. Too bad. It's very sad. It's happening. But don't dare to ask questions, he says, because that would make you a far-right conspiracy theorist worthy of cancellation on social media. Right? Same point I'm making. I, I, I've seen Bieber for his work. He would never argue he knew something if he didn't know it. I should say never, but I, my belief is he wouldn't do that. He's very objective. His point is we should be allowed to ask questions because that's an interesting correlation that ties directly back to very obvious COVID-19 vaccine side effects. But no, fake news because that's what they said happened. Well, here's an interesting point. His vaccines fan, or all it says, tweets says all of his vaccinated fans are going to be disappointed. It says, in the interest of health and safety of all Justin Bieber Justice World Tour, multiple Justice Tour dates will now be requiring proof of vaccination to enter his event. So Justin Bieber makes sure that they're vaccinated to be able to join the events. So why would it make sense that he wouldn't be vaccinated for those same events? Right? Seems like common sense to me, but I don't know for sure. And then... Dr. James E. Olson points out Justin Bieber's mysterious illness. People are being secretive about what illness they have recently. Uh, in general, he makes that point, even though they've said this one now. But they're right. That's what I made. I said earlier. People are being weird and close to the chest about what they're dealing with. Why would that be? Why does that make sense? But Mil- Will Mayers makes a great point. Look at what they did to Eric Clapton when he simply told the truth about what happened to him. They were. This is further back at a time when they were eating alive anybody that even talked about anything. Even if they proved it, remember the professional biker, the uh, the uh, uh, um, what, what's, I can't remember the term. Not a motorcyclist, but a but a uh, you know a bicyclist who was. Uh, oh no, excuse me, I take that back. This was actually that was another case with this one, but this was the case about the Division One golfer who went to a doctor who proved the doctor gave him documentation that showed he had got myocarditis that was caused by the injection. And we also know that the, the both the companies and the government have admitted it can do that. And yet still, he got censored on every social media platform for telling his story. How do you miss how obvious that is? Eric Clapton proved he had vaccine injury. He could barely play his guitar. And, it, and, and this was something they said could be happening. Very rare, but could happen from the injection. And yet he got attacked every possible way. They're calling him a conspiracy theorist and an anti-vaxxer. I mean, that's the equivalent of calling people that the government of the U.S. is murdering overseas terrorists after they're murdering their families. 
right? Bombing a bunch of people in Yemen and then going, well, they're the terrorists because it's or in Palestine, watching them get bombed and saying they're the ones killing people. It's ridiculous, but it's the same point. They're attacking the people that don't toe the line. And that's why, to the first point, people aren't wanting to speak up about what they're dealing with in some cases because they will be attacked for it. Now, in regard to the general topic, Bieber and whoever else dealing with all these problems, guess what? The, guess what just came out today? New York Fund <clears throat> apologizes for role in Tuskegee syphilis study. You know that time when they tested on a bunch of black people, telling them it was for something that would help them, and they actually just gave them syphilis and to see what would happen. Yeah, that's a classic story. It's that's brought up all the time in regard to what's happening right now. But as I said, just as a general point, will we see something similar in fifty years? Regarding these dangerous COVID injections, where they come back and go, our are bad, you know, we tested on people and it was for your safety, whatever they want to rationalize. That's what they say about this, too. We were trying to make sure we were testing for your benefit. doesn't matter. It wasn't for their benefit. You were experimenting on them and you took advantage of them. But it doesn't matter how they frame it now. That's my point. Will we see something similar in 50 years? And even if we did, if they came in and said, our mistake, we did it. And there was an old administration, so we don't support them anymore. Even if we do in 50 years, would that make any difference after the fact? Did your, are, are your parents any less dead? Is your child any less paralyzed? The answer is no, it wouldn't make a difference. And it doesn't make a difference to these, these veterans now, despite the one token person brought out to say, oh, we, are, we accept your apology. No. What they did to the families and their, reper- and, their, and their offspring, it's not okay. They would always prefer to be seen as incompetent rather than criminal. Remember that. That's what's happening. Right now with Tuskegee experiments. Oh, we made a mistake. No, you did something consciously and you're trying to cover it up. Now is the same thing. Now in 50 years, when they come back and apologize, it doesn't make a difference. It's only politics. But guess what? According to CNN, the U.S. has a very serious problem with COVID-19 vaccine uptake. That doesn't, that doesn't add up, does it? I thought we've all been screamed down into a corner saying we're the fringe minority, that only one's not getting it and everybody else is doing it. Didn't, I mean, aren't they all telling us that we're the minority, the fringe, and we're the anti I mean, this, but apparently that's not true, because guess what? You're going to find out that more than 50% of this country, according to CNN, is not injected. Very serious problem. Well, that's not a problem that's called free choice, right? That's called rights. They just don't like that you're making your decisions for yourself. As it says, the United States has a very serious problem with COVID-19 vaccine uptake. A top health official is warned. It says, unlike many less developed countries, the U.S. has enough doses to vaccinate everyone, as well as the necessary infrastructure to support the rollout. The problem is, not everybody wants the shot. That's supposed to be freedom. This is my point from the beginning. No was never an option. You were never allowed to say no. You were allowed to say, not right now, or yes. That's it. So they're swinging back around again for the 30,000th time. Well, not everybody wants it, so that's a problem, right? You're personal choice is a problem. Don't misunderstand what that statement says. The problem is that you don't have the same opinion. That's the problem. They're openly telling you that. You are a problem if you don't under if you don't agree with what we want you to think. You're a problem. Quote, we do have a problem with vaccine uptake. That is a very serious in the United States and anything we can do to get people more comfortable to be able to accept these potentially life-saving medical products is something we feel we're compelled to do. Now, let me frame that a different way with all their garbage political fluff words in there. The point is that they feel it's a serious problem that you don't want this thing. So we, 
anything we can do to manipulate you into doing that, to coercing you into doing that, to restrict your life so you do it, we feel compelled to do so. The way they say, to make people feel more comfortable accepting the thing that will save their life. We don't agree with that. And what do we make us more comfortable? We don't want it. We've said no 15 times. How in the world are you going to come back around and go, well, let me explain it for you again? Right? Are you, are you science-splaining this to me? <laughs> are you, are you government-splaining? We don't care what you're saying. We don't agree. We don't want to hear it again. That's Dr. Peter, that's Dr. Peter Marks, director of the Center for Biologics and Evaluation and Research. <clears throat> Maybe we should coin those terms before somebody else claims it. <laughs> science, science planning, government planning. But it says, according to the U.S. CDC, 48.7%. That's according to the CDC. 48.7% of people over the age of 12 have been fully vaccinated and received at least one booster. So that's how they're, that's how they're getting that in there, right? So because if you look at the, the a general uptake, this is why this is meant to be manipulative. Oh, 37%, they say. U.S. has 36, or excuse me, why did I say 37? Apparently I'm dyslexic. Dyslexic. 67.3%. 67%. They're saying is fully vaccinated, which according to their own current data and Mayo Clinic, that still only means two shots, except that doesn't mean safe, according to them. How can you be fully vaccinated, yet they say you need three to go on a plane? Or whatever, or not the plane anymore, but whatever they say you need, you know, with the restrictions. Well, you're only up to date if you've gotten four now, but you're fully vaccinated if you have two. Anyone explain that dynamic to me? It's just because they're afraid to dig their feet in and be like, now you need three. Because they know that the fully vaccinated that only want two are going to revolt on them. Because they don't want a third shot. So they want you to think you're going along with the narrative while they're pushing three and four and five and six. 48.7%. It says that is a lower rate than other countries with similar access to vaccines. That's because we see what's happening. This is the majority I keep telling you about, the real majority of people that do not want this. Consider the approval of the new COVID-19 vaccine developed by the U.S. biological company Novavax on Tuesday. Oh, the approval. Is that true? Did it get approved? CNN, did it get approved? No, it didn't, in fact. It's emergency authorized because they're terrible, terrible lying journalists. US FDA, by the way, on top of that, flags the heart inflammation of Novavax. And then they're going to push it anyway, though. Because who cares about myocarditis, right? Who cares? Get the check of the shots out there, right? So we're, we, we acknowledge the inflammation of this new one, but we're going to push it anyway. Why not just keep using the ones that also cause inflammation and try to make something that actually works? Nah, let's just keep emergency authorizing whatever you pump out and telling you it's safe and effective and letting you get heart inflammation because that's what we're doing today. The point is it's not approved. The committee voted overwhelmingly in favor of approving the vaccine, saying its emergency authorization by the FDA would be beneficial. Are they that stupid or are they trying to confuse you? Probably both. Vaccine hesitancy was among the topic discussed at the meeting. Again, your ability to make your own choice is something they can't abide. The FDA in May limited the emergency use authorization of Johnson & Johnson. Why? Or limited to adults. Why? Because of the risk and rare risk of a rare and dangerous clotting condition. Oh, you mean the thing that's being caused by that injection, but it's caused way more verifiably by the mRNA injections, but we only focus on Johnson & Johnson, so it looks like we're doing something about it? Yeah, those ones. My God. Approval of an emergency authorized injection. They literally don't know what they're talking about. And finally, the last point the self-spreading injections that are going to make this exponentially worse, which, by the way, are already happening. And I've made this clear for a long time. But here's GM Watch talking about self-spreading vaccine technology moves forward. And this is on the bulletin.org. I'll show you next. 
Here's another study they share. I'll show you both of them. Thank you for pointing this out, both of you guys. Here is the article. This is January 10th. Excuse me, June 10th, yesterday. As self-spreading vaccine technology moves forward, dialogue on its risks should follow. (laughs) Excuse me? So as we make them, we should then start talking about the risks? How about we do that the other way around? How about we start talking about why these are dangerous before we start making them and putting them in people's arms? Too late. Too late, guys. It's already happening. They're already testing this on people or animals. Both are happening in real time. So we'll talk about the risks once it's circulating the planet. Sort of like glyphosate, right? Let's discuss how this is literally everywhere. What are you going to do about it? Too late. Scientists in Scotland recently penned the latest installment in the literature about the quest for self-spreading vaccines. Inoculations that could move through animal populations like a disease. But instead of illness, spread immunity. Now, yes, that's the imp- that's the or- the origin of this conversation. That it was going to be animal spreading vaccines to stop the zoonotic transfer, which again is an argument people make isn't even really the way this happens. Different conversation. But the point is, even then, they argue that that can still potentially jump to humans and still potentially influence human in viruses. But my point is that as they couch this in the argument of animal to animal, even this ar- even this article hints about the future of it, but we'll get into the actual discussions of where that is where they want it to go. So as it moves forward, don't miss why they're doing this and what the leading people in this field want to do, human to human, and I'll show you next. But it goes on to say in a new article, University of Glasgow researcher Megan Griffith and her colleagues identified a herpes virus, of all things, a herpes virus, Justin Bieber, everything else we're talking about, herpes zoster, is it strange? A herpes virus that might be turned into a vehicle known as a viral vector to spread a rabies vaccine among South American vampire bats. Yeah, that sounds real safe. My point here is that this is something they're already doing. So let's think of the monkeypox conversation. Let's think of what Bieber's going through. Is it not at least possible that all these things are weirdly happening because they've already been doing this? And this is already weirdly out of control. We don't even know it yet. History shows that these things happened. My simple point is that these are... there's interesting connections that we should be able to ask. Last point on this one article is it's most likely that a self-spreading vaccine will turn back into a harmless virus. Most likely, that's that's promising, as a foreign genetic element. Is evolutionary burdensome to the viral vector? Nevertheless, a self-spreading vaccine virus could transfer the foreign genetic element to other genetic modifications to other viruses or other genetic modifications to other viruses including human ones. So is that happening right now? Did the spike protein find its way into other things and it's now spreading around? I mean, that's what they're talking about. Such genetic recombination may have unexpected consequences many years and across borders. A recombined version of a virus released in 1952 for rabbits pest control in France was recently found to kill wild hares in Spain. From 1952 today, we're seeing consequences of that. Good God. And we're letting them play this Wild West scenario with biomanipulation right now. People like Fauci, when we see this kind of, this is what's possible. They don't know what's, I mean, at the very least, guys, we don't know what the consequences could be. And they're testing on people right now in real time. Here is Science Magazine, science.org, excuse me, eroding norms over release of self-spreading viruses. This is January 6th, 2022, 2022. An evidence-based norm collectively established and reinforced through the work of generations of virologists is that laboratory modifications of self-spreading viruses are genetically too unstable to be used safely and predictably outside contained facilities. That norm now seems to be challenged. Hmm. 
A range of transformational self-spreading applications have already been put forward in recent years. Did you know that? Are you okay with that? Doesn't matter. None of it matters. What matters is that they do it and only tell you about it once it's too late to do anything about. In agriculture, for example, self-spreading viruses have been a have been proposed as insecticides, which, by the way, was also called out as a bioweapon by other scientists, or as vectors to modify planted crops, which is used as a weapon already in the world. I think that was all I had in here. The point is that that's being discussed as, you know, we need to evolve your understanding of it and make sure that you realize that this is the future, so we're going to stop making it something that's taboo right? That norm now seems to be challenged. That's where you're going, guys. This is your future. You don't think that's happening? Here is the Euroscience Open Forum. We've talked about these many times. Here is the full actual breakdown with international community members. And this is a huge thing. But the point is, here's the hour and 30 full thing. Watch it for yourself. But here's the main clip and the focal point of their discussion, which is literally, this was the tagline of the discussion. UN was involved in this, going viral, GM viruses in the environment. That was their conversation. This was 2020. Weird timing, don't you think? Take a listen to what they had to say. This is the future. They're not talking about animal to animal. Since the outbreak of COVID-19, the word virus has been dominating media headlines as well as our daily lives. Did you know that one approach that has been proposed to control virally transmitted diseases is by releasing a virally transmitted vaccine? Unlike traditional vaccines, infectious vaccines do not require any individual consent. Okay, now just for the podcast, you're watching this injected into a human and then watching a mother stand near her child and another pregnant woman and that pregnant woman's toddler and watching the viral components shed onto all of them. Now, what does that sound like to you? Does this possibly sound like the shedding of the spike protein that we've proven with peer-reviewed science? Eh, Maybe that's what we're already dealing with, guys. The bottom line is, that's what they're talking about in 2020. A human-to-human viral spreading genetically modified vaccine. That's crazy that they're right now calling fake news if you talk about it on any mainstream platform. Vaccines do not require any individual consent. Exactly. You don't need to consent anymore, which is exactly what they're already trying to remove. Infectious solutions are also being developed for food and agriculture and are currently making their way through the regulatory approval process. However, do we really want to intentionally disperse these modified viruses outside the lab? Is this a forward march of science or a mistake? Join our live event at the 2020 Euroscience Open Forum to explore these questions using recent real-world examples. Our panel of biologists, social scientists, policy So I was grabbing something while it was finishing up. But yeah, so you could see this. This is a very real and alarming conversation. Shedding. Now, the point is that the even the other part of this, the insect allies is what this was called, was a program by the U.S. government that scientists around the world collectively called out as a secret bioweapons program. U.S. military planned to spread viruses using insects that could create new class of biological weapons, scientists warn. This is 2018. This has been going on God knows how long. Maybe that's what we're already dealing with. It's being covered up. Here's Johns Hopkins, by the way. Just do this really quickly. Let's see. Oh, let's uh, do that. Self-spreading. 
Now you are. In this Johns Hopkins document during COVID-19 that was released, they're arguing we should be using self-spreading vaccines for human-to-human transfer. That's what they are discussing in this document. And I'll show you the next part where it makes it very clear. And all of these are discussing human-to-human. You can look through this for yourself, but there's a graph in here that simply just shows it. Oh, you know what? I bet you it's right there next to that. They have these little bubbles on this docu- on these do- the documentation at the top. Oh, I think it's just... Yes, I did go too far. But we've gone over this many times. There's a lot, a lot of alarming stuff in this document about your future being planned out for you. But there was these... There it is right there. So you can just so we're finally very clear on this because they do include self-spreading animal vaccines right there. But just make note of the fact that on the the high impact side, early development, that's where this is. They're talking about self-spreading human vaccines right there. Okay, that implies that not only and by the way, these are self-amplifying vaccines, which are another problem, which I believe are also that's what they're already using. I think there's a combination of these which are already in use. But they're talking about this as early development and high priority. How does that mean anything other than they're already being worked on? That's what they're telling you guys. This is alarming stuff. And finally, just so you can see, here's documents we've already covered. This is 2017. Vaccines of the future could be as contagious as viruses. Scientists are now working to develop contagious vaccines. March 2022. Thanks to a heightened sense of urgency, scientists around the world are now making, working towards reaching the next step in vaccine development, the creation of contagious vaccines. Don't we get a say on this? Especially since it removes your informed consent? Just like what its name suggests, the whole idea behind the effort is to develop new vaccine types that once administered to a patient or subject can continue spreading through contact with others or through reproduction. My God, and end up proving providing communities with herd immunity make making much quicker than this disease can spread. Well, I, I argue, wouldn't how can it be much quicker? It would be as quick as diseases can spread. That's the point. It is a disease. It's a self spreading virus. That's what it is. Self spreading vaccine, whatever they want to call it. It's the same point. They don't care if this has any negative side effects or the fact that you don't get to acknowledge. Don't you have a right to say yes or no? I want that. What about the fact that if you get it the next day, even though you already got it? overproducing antibodies. We don't care about any of these points. The scientific literature calls out all of these potential problems. But because risk and danger, because COVID, we're going to rush it through. Sort of like the benefits outweigh the risks. Emergency authorization, safe and effective. That's what they do. Their logic is we're on the precipice of precipice of danger, so we need to push forward because that's more important than worrying about the possible dangers. That's crazy. Sometimes some scientists have also said that contagious vaccines could be instead used within the animal kingdom. <laughs> that's a little bit reversed, isn't it? Really, that's where it started. Now they're pointing it out that humans are what we need to do, but we could also do that. Rewriting the reality, as always. The point is simply that they're coming your way. Possibly already in your environment. <laughs> the point is, guys, the reality they're shoving in your face, it's obviously not the the reality. It's obviously not true. They are lying to you in every possible way. And all we can do is continue to push back, inform other people. And don't forget, as I made clear, I think that the majority of this country is on your side. It's time for us to see that. It's time for us to lean into that and acknowledge the broken nature of the paradigm system, the party system, and cross those lines. Because until we do that, we are going to continue to fail. We are this close until we can cross those party lines. And I'm trying to say that every damn day for the rest of my life because we are this close. They wouldn't be stopping these agendas. The narratives wouldn't be falling apart if you weren't making a difference. 
That's why they're trying to censor us. And that's why it's so important to continue supporting independent media, whether that's the last American vagabond or anybody else out there you believe in. But we need your support because this will go away if we allow it to drift into the background. They will allow that because they're censoring the the website. They're censoring the platforms. They're censoring our revenue streams. They're trying to stop this from being possible. Let's prove them wrong. I love you. I love you all, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right of freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We cut off people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in a global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence and our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 
20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government. We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. Just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen, I cannot wear a mask. Get out. Do not let your voices be silenced.